Did you know April is National Minority Health Month? According to the CDC, the goal is to highlight the importance of improving health outcomes for racial and minority groups. So we're taking this episode to chat about diabetes, cancer, mental health, and the health disparities for minority populations. According to the CDC, those disparities are created when people are disadvantaged by social, economic status, location, or even environment. Experts also told me sometimes there's a communication barrier between patients and medical professionals. Cultural competence is key is what you're saying here. You know, um, we've been able to do what we call code switch for a long time. You know, um, it was something that I knew I grew up in my community and I knew the culture, you know, because that's where I grew up in. Those are my people. And I knew that how we talked at home mm -hmm. wasn't how I talked at school. It wasn't how, you know. That was not in the chapters of the medical book. Exactly. And so, but what people understand is how they speak at home. You know, people understand the culture. That's Dr. Brandon Blue. He treats folks at Moffitt Cancer Center. He's helped people fight cancer for nearly a decade. Here's why he says race has an impact on health care. You know, they say it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, you know, but my goal is to lead by example. And sometimes one of the things that really is important to us, especially um, in cancer treatment, is what they call clinical trials. And so for me, I'm telling people who look like me about clinical trials, and they're like, oh, doctor, sign me up. Sometimes doctors who don't look like me try to convey that same importance of clinical trials, and unfortunately it just doesn't happen. There's a disconnect there. So one of the things that I'm doing, and luckily Moffitt is a big example of, we actually have a, um, a cultural competency uh, program called Train the Trainer. And so basically I'm a representative of somebody who's had some of the formal training for cultural competency, how to talk with people who um, either on the same aisle as me, not on the same aisle as me, and really how do we both reach a mutual decision. And so um, it's hard, I'll be honest with you. There's no real kind of short way to say it. But for me, I know that it's important for me. I know it's important for my people. I know it's important for my community. So I have no choice but to succeed in that. Is it exhausting? <laughs> Here's what's typically pushing the problem for African Americans. According to Pfizer, which cited Office of Minority Health, African Americans are generally at higher risk for heart disease, stroke, cancer, asthma, influenza, and pneumonia, as well as HIV and AIDS. Here are more numbers for you, too. According to the U.S. Department of Health, African American adults are 60% more likely than non-Hispanic white adults to be diagnosed with diabetes. When I teach my patients, I tell them that diabetes is diabetes. Um, being borderline diabetic, being pre-diabetic, we need to treat that like being borderline pregnant. Um, diabetes is not a sugar problem. Diabetes is an insulin deficiency disorder. And when we see our blood sugar go high or off the chart or even show the suggestion of diabetes, we need to take that seriously because it's evidence that our pancreas, our insulin maker, is not doing all that it can for our blood sugar control. The pancreas works without motivation. So if the blood sugar is elevated, then that's evidence that the pancreas is um, being outpaced by your diet, by your lifestyle, or just being outpaced by physiology. Dr. Shanae Davis is a diabetes specialist in Tampa. Part of her outreach is reminding patients that she is just like them. 
I um, am affected by type 2 diabetes. Um, I have prediabetes. I noticed my A1C personally um, went up to 5.7. But again, um, being borderline diabetic is like being borderline pregnant. It's evidence that my pancreas isn't as strong as it once um, had been. It's not always, you know, your lifestyle. I've never um, had a weight problem. I eat healthy and I have, um, you know, chosen healthy, um, you know, diets and, and, and had food choices that were healthy all of my life. But um, it's my family history and that's a risk factor that I could not um, modify. The symptoms of high blood sugar are um, excessive thirst, excessive hunger, fatigue, blurry vision, um, having um, yeast infections. A woman would know so more um, faster than a, a man. Having infections that um, won't heal and um, encountering infections uh, more so than typical. All of those um, could suggest that there is a blood sugar problem you know, on board. Um, those are critical um, signs of high blood sugar. However, um, if you're in a state of pre-diabetes, education is the way to um, go. Um, if you know what your cholesterol levels are, if you know what your blood pressure, your blood sugar um, level is, if you're you know, conscious about your body weight, your BMI, and how your body holds weight, if you hold more of your weight in the middle um, versus on your hips, um, having apple fat versus pear fat or central obesity, that's more of a risk factor for diabetes and other metabolic um, diseases than so if the fat distribution were um, on the hips. Um, if there is a history of um, you know, period abnormalities, irregular periods in um, women, or polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, gout, um, high triglyceride levels, low amounts of HDL or good cholesterol levels, all of those are um, suggestive of a metabolic um, issue going on board, and type 2 diabetes is a metabolic problem. Something else that hasn't always been a welcome conversation among many people is talk about improving mental wellness. Anymore, though, things are changing. I've covered this in previous episodes of A Frank Conversation, especially as we look at the intersectionality of mental health and race. Jewel Woods runs Male Behavioral Health. He's a counselor as well as the person who runs Center for Men and Boys. First of all, we haven't been given permission to address our pain in minority communities, certainly as men, right? So the idea that we would be talking about I'm suffering from anxiety or I'm suffering from depression was never anything that we would be afforded to. And I'll say, first of all, outside of the culture, because any uh, pretense or identification of weakness was going to be used against us. Like I told you so that those people couldn't do and right, they, they, they challenge our intelligence and all these sort of things. So we've never been in the larger society, uh, been given any sort of reason uh, to be anything other than perfect and to be, you know, work twice as hard. And to that same token, within the African-American community or communities of color, it has similarly been difficult to want to acknowledge anything that didn't allow us to be able to put forth our, our best faith. And sometimes, again, not just uh, as a sense of control, but for those folks who uh, loved us. How can you as an African-American father want to you know, uh, endorse your depression or anxiety in front of your children or in front of your wife, right? Uh, you, they still have needs. How can you as an African-American female uh, talk about, you know, uh, feeling hopeless when at your core you still have all these other responsibilities? So to your point, we've masked, ignored, and not identified a lot of uh, mental health issues in African-American communities simply because we have not um, been afforded that opportunity 
to your point, there's also this informational piece where, you know, people just didn't know what the symptoms of anxiety were. The CDC shows symptoms of anxiety include feeling nervous or restless, sweating, breathing rapidly, trouble concentrating, even feeling weak or tired. Some of that is brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. Anxiety comes from involuntary things that happen to us, right? When we can't control our thoughts. Right, when we, right. Uh, right? When we, you know, you know, can't control how our, uh, we're worried about how our colleagues perceive us. S lack yes. of control in and of itself is a thing that makes us feel unbalanced, right? And so at its core, partly the, 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 the skill sets of self-mastery allows us to mitigate those things. So that's what hope can do. Hope can, uh, can really be about controlling what you can control. And at its core, it's us, not other people, not the future, uh, and certainly not getting caught in the past, which is also part of what uh, uh, we tend to do as human beings. The recent data is showing that, you know, of course, lots of people in this country have lost a lot of people. Uh, that this time when we look back upon it was, you know, is going to be defined mainly in the context of death and dying, right? Because of all the issues related to morbidity and mortality. So a lot of Americans, yes, yeah, so a lot of Americans and people around the world literally lost people because of COVID. What we know, though, is unfortunately that uh, communities of color have higher rates of losing people more than anyone else. For example, I'm working currently with several pastors, and a pastor told me recently that there was a time where he was averaging five funerals per week. Wow. Yeah. And while that, you know, speaks to the volume of what and depth, unfortunately, of what his particular congregation was dealing with, he came to me because, of course, he was having to deal with all that. Yes, exactly, himself. So just on the level of grief alone, right, there's a lot of unprocessed uh, grief and trauma related to these last two years that our people are going to have to, uh, you know, uh, that we as therapists have a real opportunity to kind of support people. Beyond that, of course, the financial stressors uh, related to loss of income, loss of careers, um, and, you know, uh, anxiety uh, ends up being the, the first cousin of depression. So when you uh, look at all the types of mental struggles that folks are having, the lack of uh, sense of control, there's a profound level of depression that is set in in communities of colors, too. So unfortunately, these things uh, are linked. Uh, but yes, a lot of grief and a lot of anxiety, particularly related to, you know, financial stressors and the depression associated with uh, the sense of of loss and grief and, and hope. As for cancer care, Dr. Blue says this move could ensure a better visit. The best thing you can do, bring somebody with you to the visit. Cancer, diagnosis, treatment, staging, these are all super complicated things. And unfortunately, the moment that I sit across from you and tell you that, hey, you have cancer, you're not hearing anything else that I say. And so if you bring somebody with you, then that person can kind of be your ears and eyes. Accountability partner, too. Exactly. You know right. Dr. Blue told you. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 but that stuff is important, yeah. right? Because um, there's no way for you to soak it all in. Right. You know what I mean? And so if you, even if you only hear half of everything that I say and the other person hears the other half, then, you know, we have the full picture. But I, I would say that's the number one thing that I see a lot of people come sit in my office and they're by themselves, and I'm about to tell them something that is life-changing. The focus on mental health right now is more of a, a, a need than a luxury. Uh, too often in this culture, we think that only people who have the means uh, get a chance to, you know, get involved in self-care, do the things that are necessary to feel good, look good.
But at its core, those are questions about well-being, and the data is just showing that a lot of people are suffering. So uh, being focused on, uh, attentive to, and developing uh, apparatuses to meet the mental health needs of people is by far more of a necessity than a luxury these days. The question of hope, though, <clears throat> like a lot of things, has more to do with uh, a sense of uh, helping people have a sense of mastery over what they can control. Um, you know, too often time, you know, the sense of despair and uh, hopelessness comes from all these types of uh, things that one can't control. Jobs, careers, uh, colleagues, all those other things. But the one thing that people can master is their own mind, their own emotions, and their own body. And if one is able to do that, to have that sense of mastery and control over those types of things, one's memory, one's imagination, one's fear and one's anxieties, that sense of control and mastery of self in and of itself works as, a, as an antidepressant. Uh, un unfortunately, in this culture, too often antidepressant is thought of as a pill or something chemical. But antidepressant, yeah. yeah, but antidepressant can be a way of life, a set of skills and things that one does to actually make one uh, feel better and do better. And that's a deeper concept of well-being. Each of them will tell you a large part of well-being involves research and this, accurate patient reporting. So Dr. Blue says Moffitt Cancer Center is working to improve care by diversifying who is being tested. We do have research here because what we don't want is the same treatment that they were giving you in 1950, the same treatment that they give you today. That's not right. Mm -hmm. Technology is advanced. We get a new iPhone every year, right? We get a new um, you know, computer program every year, a new video game every year. Medicine needs to keep up. And we need to make sure that our health is a priority and our health is an important thing. And so um, I tell people that, hey, I hope you don't have cancer. I hope you never get it. But if you do, you need to consider Moffitt Cancer Center because we're really here to help. I should probably update my Windows 95. You should. Yeah. <laughs> you got um, an old flip phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> got to thank you for listening in. By the way, July, that's National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And Jewel Woods says he is working on a network for African-American therapists to better tailor treatment for people out there. Don't hesitate to advocate for your own health as well. And if you have questions, talk to your doctor. Until next time, have a good one.